Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me. You're listening to episode number 75, Continually Growing Even When It Hurts. In this episode, I get to chat with Natalia Roganis. Natalia is a 31-year-old Montana native. She is a mother and wife and is passionate about helping others see their true potential. A wild child in her earlier years, she talks about looking for fulfillment or comfort in the wrong places and growing into the woman she is today. After coming out of a toxic situation, Natalia dove into health, wellness, and weightlifting. Weightlifting has become her therapy. It was something she could positively control. She said, the strength I was growing was completely in my control. No one else could do that for me or take that from me. She wants to help others learn to believe in themselves and know that they can really feel their best inside and out. Natalia now has a career of helping others as a certified transformation coach. She helps teach them and provides a program and easy nutrition based on their individual goals. She also works with them on mindset and habits. She says, when it comes down to it, our mind controls everything. When we learn to exchange our bad habits for good ones and really do the mind work, then we can cultivate a whole new attitude in life. Natalia has a dream to truly change the world one healthy, happy person at a time. You are going to love this interview. It's all about growing through the hard and moving forward no matter what. You'll definitely get a dose of motivation and encouragement in this episode. So I can't wait for you to hear. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Here is my interview with Natalia. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I'm very excited to have the amazing Natalia Roganis here with me today. And I'm so excited to chat with you. I don't know a ton about you. I know a little bit. So I'm excited to dive in and hear all the goodness even more. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So we met through Facebook which I love, right? That's, that's how we met, right? Yeah. 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 We bonded over huckleberries. <laughs> yes. 
They're amazing. (laughs) Yes. You live in Montana. I do. Yeah. Born and raised. When I was like probably 17 or 18, I moved like all over the place. Like I lived in Washington for a while and Colorado for a while. And just somehow I just kept ending up back here. And I was thinking about moving again. And then I met my now husband and I've just been grounded here ever since. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when we had started talking on Facebook, I had just recently driven through there for the first time ever. It is beautiful. I can't imagine what it's like in the winter though. Is it crazy? This was one of the best winters, like as far as mild it's ever been. It normally is pretty rough here in the winters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that is what drives me to want to move away is literally just that. Like I'm such, I like enjoy the warm weather, springtime, all of that. So if I could just leave the winter behind, I would be okay with that. But Montana is beautiful. There's so much to do here. Um, and the mountains are so close to get out and hike or fish or camp or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, it really was beautiful. And you guys have huckleberries, which I had never know. I never knew or I'd heard of them, you know, but never had them until very recently. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) You'll find huckleberry flavored things for sale everywhere around here. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I had the best huckleberry shake ever. Yum. It's very good. All right. So let's dive in. You know, this podcast is really about our stories and speaking our truth. And I know that you have lots to share in this area. And so let's just kind of dive into your early story. Like, where were you born? Uh, I was born here, born and raised uh, in Montana. And I'm an only child, which drove me crazy all through growing up. Like I was always that person who was so bummed. I didn't have a sibling to play with. I always knew when I had kids, I always wanted to for sure, because I wanted them to have a sibling. And I went to a Christian private school until I was in about eighth grade. And my grandfather worked at the school. So I would spend tons of time with them, like staying the night at their house and helping him garden and all of that stuff. I had a really good relationship with my grandparents. And then about my freshman year, I went to public school and I guess life started kind of getting a little crazier from there. From there. I was like yeah. introducing so much to my life that I hadn't really known about, not necessarily positively, but you know, just a whole new world, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> this is my story. I guess. <laughs> um, so and, are we going to say public school was the start of <laughs> just my life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was in junior high or in junior high, I played sports like volleyball and basketball and that kind of stuff. And I think when transferring to public school, I was, I wanted to try out and I think I was intimidated just because I didn't really know anybody. I think I knew one person that went there. So Mm -hmm. I didn't end up doing sports in high school, which I really wish back then, like I would have been, my parents would have pushed me a little bit more towards. But so I guess from then on, I just kind of was looking for connection, I guess, with people, you know, a lot of people, went to elementary school or junior high together and they went into high school as that click. And I just, Mm. I I obviously didn't have that when I went into there. So I did have some like great friends that I made close. Some of them I still keep in touch with, but I guess I was just looking to fit in probably in high school. So probably about the time I was, I don't know, 15, 16, like I started drinking and started going out and 
you know, just doing all of that, finding just, I guess it was like the party crowd, but it was the crowd that, you know, made you feel like you were part of it, even though Mm -hmm. like looking back and now I know that that really wasn't the case. It was just looking for fulfillment in something like, you know, filling that, that void. And for a long time talking about like my past, just like I hated it. And now it's just part of my story. Like it's just, you know, and so actually when I was, I started hanging out with kids that were older than me that were out of high school and met a girl. She's still my best friend, (laughs) but she was a lot older than me too. So we spent a lot of time together and I ended up actually getting my GED my junior year. I think I just kind of got to the point where I didn't feel like I fit in in high school. Like it just wasn't for me. I just wasn't getting very far. And so that's what I did. I started working full time, going to like concerts and doing all of that and kind of just doing the same thing really. Like I said, looking for like acceptance and like love and affection in just the wrong places. I just, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to the more and more I think about it now. And, you know, realizing now that that isn't my life anymore or my lifestyle and I've pretty much 180, like, I don't know that person I used to be, but like looking back, it really was like a lot of those people weren't my real friends. You know, it was just, everybody's out partying together. These are your quote unquote friends at the time. So yeah, I did that. And then that was just kind of my life. I worked full time, like would just do that. I had some really close friends. I was raised as a Christian. And I think right about the time I started kind of drinking and doing all that, I had just some family stuff that happened that I think kind of pushed me away from that. So obviously, you know, I did all of those things and I never was like addicted to anything, but I tried drugs and I, you know, just, I guess was quote unquote experiencing life. Um, Mm -hmm. just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out where to go. And about the time I was right before, right after I turned 21, I started dating somebody who I had known forever. We were like pretty good friends and I ended up pregnant really fast with my daughter. She's nine years old now. And we were together until she was about one. And it was just one of those things that it just wasn't a good situation. I am thankful for where I am at life right now. I'm thankful for her and everything that came out of it. It just wasn't the best situation. And then, so then again, I was a single mom (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, raising her, trying to figure that out. I was working nights a lot and doing that kind of thing. And I just wasn't around as much as I wish I would have been. And a lot of it was the same thing. It wasn't like I was, you know, drinking seven days a week or doing anything like that, but I wasn't as present as I could have been because I think I just still felt lost, like raising her by myself and trying to balance when I had free time. And it was still, I was still just looking for fulfillment, looking for something. Mm -hmm. And I hated that I was away at nights, but it was the only way that I could raise her and pay our bills and do everything. And my parents would help watch her at night and it just, you know, paid the bills and it worked out really well. Um, and then I worked at a casino is what I was doing. And then gosh, about like five years now, I think, I don't know, I don't know if you call it like an epiphany or whatever, but if you fast forward, I had started dating somebody else and I guess that wasn't five years ago. Sorry. Um, (laughs) probably when she was about two or three, I met somebody and we started dating and it was one of those relationships that, you know, you love somebody, but it's toxic and it's not good. It was a very verbal abusive relationship that kind of went off and on for about, I don't know, like three, three years or something like that. 
And during that time, I think it, I ended up being just like at the lowest point that I was at. It kind of just stripped away like my happiness, my hope, just, you know, I felt really, I was told I couldn't be better by somebody that I thought I loved or cared about for so Mm -hmm. long that I started to believe it. I started to like be this person that couldn't be any better. So why did I care? Like I was just worthless. And Mm. like, I guess that's how I felt. And I think I finally got to the point where like, I, I don't know if you get addicted to a toxic relationship, but it's kind of like Mm. something you feed off of because you're so used to it. Like you don't know what to do when it's not there. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think I hit a wall that I would like realize one day it was like, I can't feel this way anymore. Like it wasn't like, I, I never knew how to completely walk away before. And I just like, I was like, I don't care if I'm alone. I don't care if like I'm worthless. I don't, I just can't feel this way anymore, which like we've, talked since then, like kind of made amends and stuff. And I've like, we're all human. Like I forgive the situation um, and everything. I don't think he's a bad person by any means. I did things that were not the best either. It just was a very toxic situation. And mm-hmm. I also didn't want my daughter thinking that that was a situation that was okay. Like that that's something that she should be raised around. Right. And so I guess that was kind of like my turning point. So in a way that I'm like, now I'm really thankful for that relationship. It is kind of like being down at my lowest and then realizing that like at one point, I don't know when it clicked, but that's not how life had to be. Like I wasn't worthless. I could do anything I want. I could change my life around. I could be a better person. I could be the best mom. I could make my dreams come true. And so really feeling like I had nothing and was nothing almost, I guess, gave me a starting point to like rebuild my life again. So I actually started like going back to church, getting closer to God. Like I have a really strong relationship with God now. Most of my friends are not the same friends I used to have anymore, but they're the friends who they build me up now. Like when I succeed, they're there cheering for me. They aren't making me feel bad because I'm doing good things or changing my life. Right. Um, and at that same point is when I started weightlifting and doing that kind of thing, it really became my therapy. Just being healthier, all of those things, like working on my mental health and my physical health became more of like a therapy to me more than, you know, oh, you need to be skinnier. You need to be the size. It was just really like feeling like I was healthy. My mind and my body was a really healthy outlet for me. I was doing that for a while and I met my now husband um, And he really stepped up and became like this amazing father figure to my daughter. He has adopted her since then. And we Mm -hmm. also have a now almost one and a half year old together. But during like during all that time is when I met him and it was it was at a good time because I finally had changed. Like I didn't need somebody to save me. I was okay being alone. I was okay with the growth I was having in my life. I was okay starting to realize I was losing friends because I wasn't the same person anymore. And I wasn't going down that path anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and he learning what it was like to have somebody be in a relationship that just complimented me, who supported me was a whole different thing. I really struggled when we first started dating because in the back of my head, I had heard somebody tell me I wasn't good enough for so long that I kept thinking like, why, I'm not good enough for this relationship. Like I'm not good enough for this healthy thing. And he just stuck with me through all of the, I don't want to say mental health, but I guess all of the mental abuse stuff that I was working through still. And I still, there's still certain things I work through, but I'm 
I'd say I'm pretty much past most of it at this point and it's taken me years. Um, but it's hard when somebody tells you all those things for a long enough period of time, you start to believe them. And I'm sure I know that I'm not the only person who's experienced that. I talked to unfortunately way more women than I would like to that have gone through certain circumstances that are similar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then I met my husband and I just continued. Like I don't like my life is a hundred percent different. I don't recognize that person who was beat down or who used to drink and do things all the time. Or even most of those people, not that I think they're bad people, but I found the more I changed my life and the more I let myself grow when it hurt and it was scary and I felt alone, the more that I've had those successful, positive people come into my life and the successes come into my life. And I don't know, my life just completely changed when I stopped being afraid to grow because growing hurts. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we all go through it and the better you're doing in your life, unfortunately, your circle gets smaller and smaller, but that's Mm -hmm. when you have those real connections and those real relationships that are worth, you know, worth living for. So I'm thankful for all of that growth. Like I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. I'm terrified of public speaking. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's one of those things I'm slowly growing out of too, because I want to share my story. I want to help change the world just to be like healthier people. I think, um, I guess I should say what I do now. I was sick of working in the casino, didn't want to do it anymore. And had told my husband that I wanted to, I wanted to find something that was fulfilling, but also allowed me to help other people. Like I really wanted to help other people. And I started doing what I do now. Um, I'm like a nutrition and lifestyle health coach and I'm able to do that from home. So I'm not at the casino anymore. Uh, I get to be around my girls all of the time. I get to cultivate my own schedule and it's really given me all the tools that I feel like I need to also help other people because my job isn't just about somebody wanting to be a size zero. It's about somebody who has no energy and they need to feel better again, or someone that just really doesn't have confidence and they need somebody there to walk alongside them and help them regain their health. And, you know, sometimes people do just want to lose weight and they want help doing it the healthy way, but I get to help them with their mindset and things they struggle with or emotional eating or just things I've struggled with too. Mm -hmm. But being able to be a part of somebody's positive life transformation and get those messages like, oh my gosh, I just feel so good today. Or, oh, I did this. And I realized that I'm making such better choices and it being part of like their, their happiness, I guess, just like when I started getting healthier physically and mentally, how much it helped change me and how much it's just such a outlet and a good part of my life now. And I get Mm -hmm. to help others start cultivating that for themselves too, because sometimes you really just need somebody to believe in you when you don't quite believe in yourself yet. And I get Mm -hmm. to walk alongside people and watch them slowly start to believe in themselves and to feel better and to see that they can take control of their life. And when it comes down to it, if you aren't pouring into yourself, you're pouring from an empty cup and you can't be the best person for anybody else in your life. If you feel depleted and you, Mm -hmm. you know, you aren't taking care of yourself. And so I'm really happy that I get to be that advocate for people now. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of things I want to go back to. First of all, I feel like that's partly why we bonded. I think when we started talking is we were both single moms at one point and have a little bit of an age span between our kids and understood that. 
I man, I was a single mom with my daughter for eight years. Those were, that was hard. It was hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard. And I was in the same exact place as you, like seeking love and all of that in all the wrong places. So I appreciate you sharing that because I do think that you said earlier um, that you used to hate talking about your past and now you realize that it's just a part of your story. Yeah. I think that's a huge shifting point because so many people live in shame of the decisions that they've made or what they've done, where they've been, who they've been at different times. And I feel like that shame can keep people so trapped. So can you talk a little bit more about that shift that you've made? Yeah, I, um, and you're absolutely right. Well, it's like, it is that shame feeling. Um, because like I said, I don't know that person anymore. Like if I looked at her now, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't want to like be friends with her. Not that I was like an awful person, but I did make lots of bad decisions. And it's crazy. Like when you do have that shift where you're like, I'm not shameful anymore because I'm, I'm who I am now. Like you can't change anything about your past. And people say it all the time, but when you're trying to hide behind it and you're worried if somebody asks you, like I used to be worried if somebody would ask me about my past because I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, they're going to think less of me. Hmm. That was my past. This is my story. This is where I am now. And I'm super proud of the person I have turned into. Mm-hmm. And I think I stopped being, being ashamed of it when, like I said, I did grow, grow a lot closer back to God. And I think one of those things is it's really, it really made me reevaluate that like we're all human and we make mistakes, but you know, you, you can change, you can be forgiven, you can move, move Mm -hmm. forward. Um, and I want to, I want other people to know that I want other people to not live in shame because if I kept living that way, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be able to help others the way I do and put myself out there and be a confident woman when I am doing the things that I'm doing, because I was, I was afraid to talk to people. I was, you know, like, I don't want to say a scared little girl, but I guess that's how I used to act when I let my past run the person that I am now, I've had a few incidents where like something really silly or dumb would happen and somebody would treat me like I was that person I used to be because they knew me from the past or whatever, even if it was 10 years prior. And it would really get to me for a second because I'm like, I have changed so much. Like how, how dare you treat me that way? And then I started to realize that's their growth. That's not mine. I have grown and they're, they're still in that spot. They haven't grown yet. And learning to kind of shift your mindset and be okay with the fact that not everybody is going to like you, even if you have changed. Not everybody is going to like you, even if they don't even know your past. Like you just have to like yourself and be happy with who you are and keep making those positive changes every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really owning the person that you are. Like I wouldn't be who I am if I wouldn't have gone through that in my past. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be able to help people if I wouldn't have had those experiences. Um, right. And so Isn't when you're that, afraid to, sh- okay. <laughs> when you're afraid to share, you aren't helping anybody, you know, people totally. need to know that they have somebody to relate to and that they aren't alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because it is like the flip side of it is you're better at helping people when you do have those experiences, because I think for me, I'm a better therapist when I can say, man, 
yeah, I, I, I've been there. I know how bad that sucks. I know how hard that is. I know what shame feels like. I know these things. And so I feel like then we show up for people in a different way because we have a different understanding. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. was very well said. <laughs> I feel like I just ramble and you just eloquently say oh, it. No. Yeah, exactly how I feel. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I love that. Yeah. That's this shift is so huge. I mean, it's, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you don't, you can't grow. You, you can't grow if you like feel stuck in your past. You can't grow into this person that you, you can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, we're talking about that relationship that you were in mm-hmm. and how um, I think relationships like that or situations like that where we know it's not good for us, we know it feels terrible but we stay in it, uh, is comfort, right? And you said earlier that growth is painful. Mm-hmm. And so you chose to make the step to go through the pain mm-hmm. to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I think, and I told, I've told people this who are in similar situations that, you know, like I, I know that you might care about this person or I know that. And I said, but you know, that like, is this the kind of relationship you can imagine? Like you have this life, this is how you want to feel this whole time. And I'm always like, you're going to get to a point where you're going to hit a wall and you have to make that choice. Like, do I want to feel this way any longer or do I like walk away? And you can't do that for anybody else. You know, like they have to find that strength somewhere, you know, like you can tell somebody over and over again, this is exactly what I've been through and this is exactly what to do. And people told me (laughs) like, you know, but yeah, until you're ready to make that shift yourself, there's nothing anybody can do besides keep telling you the same thing, you know? Yeah. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. It is hard for, I think people to sit and watch, like knowing that somebody is so unhappy or they're not being treated right. Um, but you're right they have to make the choice. Well, and it made me, I guess by my own fault, but it still made me a worse person. Like I still made worse choices because I kept feeling like I was believing it. Like I'm, you're a crappy person, like whatever. And so instead of becoming a better person, I was becoming a worse person. Like I just, you know what I mean? And I, I kind of remember repeating over and over, like, don't, you can't tell somebody that you treat them like crap because you love them. You treat people wonderful because you love them and that's how they grow. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and I remember hearing that so many times and I was like, no, that is not true. You don't treat somebody like crap because you love them and you're trying to help them make better choices. That Mm -hmm. makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, um, no, I believe in loving people and giving them grace. And even if somebody hurts you, you have the power to forgive them you know, even if they don't apologize, like you have the power to let go of whatever that was. And yeah, you know, a lot of things are out of our control and we center anxiety around a lot of things that we shouldn't, like we want to cling on to them. Like if somebody doesn't like us, why don't they like us? Well, that's their business. You know, like there's, Mm -hmm. you know, we hold on to a lot of things we don't need to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit about your uh, using the weightlifting as a coping skill, because I feel like <clears throat> lots of people have different things. Like some people go to therapy, some people, I don't know, do knitting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was a good example. <laughs> Something. I mean, you know, different things <laughs> bring different benefits for people. Um yeah. But for you, it was weightlifting and it was your physical health and, um, which is awesome. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So after like I had my first daughter right after it was like, I was in that unhealthy mindset where I just did a lot of cardio and I didn't eat a ton and just felt like I needed to be the stereotype that people make you feel like you should be after a kid, you know, it's really small and this wasn't healthy. Um, and then so after that relationship, um, I actually hired a trainer. I'd kind of, I had always kind of gone to the gym and weightlifted, but I didn't, I didn't know exactly what to do all the time. And I was to the point where I, like, I was ready to grow. I was open-minded. I knew I didn't know everything. So I hired a trainer and I guess that's kind of where it all changed because I just kind of dove into learning that and learning how to take care of my body and learning how to grow my muscles and just things like that. And it became like the stronger I've gotten, it's just been like a, like a mind connection, I guess. Like when I feel like I'm getting stronger, I love that feeling. And it's, Hmm. it's me finding my strength, I guess, you know, like I'm, I'm able to push my body. I don't, I give myself grace if I need to take a day off or rest, but I'm the one who gets to control that. No one else can control me putting in the work into this. Nobody else can control the food that I put into my body. Like I get to make those choices. And I think that's kind of where the therapy came from it is like, I get to make those choices. I know that when I don't go and do that, I don't, I don't feel as good. It's good endorphins, but it's also me feeling my strength that I'm growing myself or don't get me wrong. I like ice cream. I eat ice cream sometimes, but, but overall I know when I don't feed my body good, I don't feel good. And my anxiety actually gets worse and I just don't feel good. So I know that those things are in my control. And I think that's kind of how it became like my therapy is that I watched how I felt like mentally, even just from nourishing my body the right way and learning how to do that and how to help people with that. Um, Mm -hmm and learning how to get stronger and how to fuel my body that way to get myself, you know, to my goals. Just that knowledge became a therapy to me because it's all in my control. Yeah. And I tell a lot of other people that, that I'm working with is like, it really, it really is in your control. Like if you don't feel good, that's in your control. Like, and you can make all the excuses you want, but like really, it really is in your control. If you don't want to feel the way you feel anymore, you can change that. And I think Mm -hmm. that you know, weightlifting kind of just became a big, a big part of that. Um, yeah, I could see how feeling physically strong would convert to helping you feel mentally strong mm-hmm. and emotionally strong. Yeah. Cause you got to push yourself when you're gaining strength, you know, but it's, yeah, nobody else can do that for you. It has to mm-hmm. be. That's cool. And so you got to the place, you were doing competitions, right? Actually. So (laughs) I wanted to for about five years and I was still working on like feeling like I was in the right mindset because I know a lot of people going into them, they have a very unhealthy mindset and it can like distort things. And I didn't want that. Like I said, weightlifting has been such a 
escape for me. I didn't want to ruin that. Um, but this year in May is my first is a competition. Okay. I finally decided that I felt mentally and physically ready that I was going to just, you know, set a goal and go for it. So cool. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are it's you? been a journey so far. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so cool though. I mean, it's such a testament to laying the foundational work though and how important that is mm-hmm. to getting to the place where you want to be. Cause I think so often people set a goal and they just want to jump in. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to do this competition, jump in and don't do the foundational work that they need to do to make sure that that's sustainable. Yeah. And so getting your mind is into the place that it needed to be um, it's, it's awesome. How long do you think that took for you to get there? Um, man, a couple years, I guess I did have a child in between there. So yeah. <laughs> that kind of deterred me from when I was feeling ready, but I can be a hundred percent honest. When I started coaching, um, a year ago, I dove so much more into personal development, like with mindset and habits and stuff, it really started making me feel so much stronger in my mindset. Like, I feel like this last year has really been like, I've been in a healthier mindset than I've ever been as far as health and taking care of myself. And I used to be a big emotional eater and I don't like, I don't really occasionally, I feel like I struggle with that, but I'm so much better. And it's just because I really learned that a lot of it was my mindset and things that I attached to like obviously emotional eating isn't healthy, but it's a comfort thing. So it's figuring out why that became that way. And, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just, and don't get me wrong. Getting ready for competition is very hard. There's a lot, there's days that I'm like, I'm thrown in the towel. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm over this, but then I, the next day I wake up and I'm like, no, like I chose to be dedicated to this and I'm not going to give up. And I've even asked my older daughter uh, what she thinks about it because I was curious, you know, I, I don't, their life isn't too much different now that I'm doing that. She's like, Oh, I think it's so cool that you're like doing all this and you're doing the work and you're going to do that. And that's really what I was hoping for is that she's seeing a mother who's dedicated to something and she sees days that I'm kind of struggling or like, you know, just like, it's a harder day, but she sees me pushing through because I set a goal for myself. And I, in my past, I gave up on myself so many times when things got hard, when I was afraid to grow, Mm -hmm. just giving up. And when I broke out of that mindset that like when I wanted to start growing, I realized most of the things I want are going to be hard and I need to push for them. Mm -hmm. And I stopped being willing to give up on myself. And that's one of the big things I tell people too, is it becomes a habit to give up on yourself. The more you do it, the easier it is. And you have to, you have to break that habit. You have to stop giving up on yourself. And that's the hardest thing for me to watch too, is from coming where I've been to where I am now is watching people give up on themselves because in the end you could give somebody all the tools and all of the stuff to work on their mindset. But if they aren't willing to push past that part that's uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. can't do anything about it. And that's, I think really hard for me to watch is because I, like, I know where I came from. I know where I am now and I want that for other people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I can identify with that. I think people, a lot of people want a magic wand and they want you to wave the magic wand over them. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you have the body you want, you have the life you want, everything's yeah, 
look at everything out there. It's such a quick fix mentality everywhere you look like here's a magic drink. Here's a magic, whatever. Here is, you know, these people on the magazine, but they don't show you how much work and dedication they put into being in that shape that they're in. Or, you know, it's such a quick fix mentality that that's what people, a lot of people, I think really assume that that's how it works. And it's really not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sustainable change in your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, you have to put in work and like make those changes, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. (laughs) It's not the easy path. Like getting where you really truly want to be is not usually the easy path. Mm -hmm. I don't think for career or your life or your finances. I don't think any of it normally comes easy. You know, I'm sure there's always the exception to the rule, but usually (laughs) you need to put in the work to get where you want to be. But then it feels so much better. Like if I could just snap my hands and be ready for this competition, even I know it wouldn't feel as good when I reach that day than the work I'm putting into it now and the feeling I'm going to have when I've made it to my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And I think people sell that feeling short a lot because it's a really good feeling when you conquer something you worked really hard at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. All right. So good. So good. <laughs> I'm going to move into asking you my questions. The first one is, is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? So we've talked a lot about growth and how important it is, but what's been the most impactful? My goodness. Um, that's kind of a hard question. Uh, (laughs) I guess I don't want to say embracing the pain, but embracing it, like embracing the growth. Um, you want to fight things that hurt. Like you want to retreat when something gets hard. And every time that I'm faced with something now, instead of being like, why is this happening? It's what can I learn from this? Like if I'm pushing towards something and I hit a roadblock, it's like, what can I learn from this? And then pushing through that. Like I really believe that we only fail if we quit. And there are so many really successful people out there and it's because they didn't quit. And I intend to be successful and I intend to change a lot of lives, including my own. And I know that if I quit and I don't push through those things, that none of that's going to happen. Hmm. Um, so it's, I guess, just really pushing through the growth and learning from things that happen and being open to like that instead of being really like angry or resentful if I hit a roadblock or something negative happens in my life, just learning from it and then continuing to move forward Hmm. and being okay if, you know, being okay if circumstances change or people walk out of my life because I'm growing, like I am, I become more accepting of that. So I think it's, being acceptant that sometimes your surroundings change when you're growing. Um, and either you stay stuck where you're at and stay there, or you're willing to let certain things go to grow and to, you know, benefit positively the world and yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Allowing yourself to get out of that comfort zone. Good. Nothing good lives in the comfort zone. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's fine, but fine. Who wants to be fine? Yeah. Really yeah. think about it. <laughs> it's true. I think now I get a little antsy if things get too comfortable. 
I'm like, uh, let me change things up. <laughs> I love that, that you have that feeling because I get that way too. I'm like, wait, like, I don't want to be complacent. What am I feeling right now? Like, uh-huh. you know, like you need to be pushing for something, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to learn to rest sometimes too, yes. which can be uh, harder for me to do. Um, seems like we're similar in that area, probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better about that too, but I totally relate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yourself some grace and just take a day sometimes when you need to. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Walking away from this podcast, what do you want to make sure that people know? That they're not alone. That a lot of us go through life thinking that our circumstances are super unique to us. And although that they are unique to us, there's so many people that have felt the same and being brave enough to be open about it. You're going to help somebody else. You're going to help somebody else break a chain that isn't good um, and be able to grow as well. Mm-hmm. So, and also if you want to change something, you can change it like plain and simple. If you want to change something, whether it's your health a situation you're in, a job that you're in, you can change it. You just have to be brave enough to make the changes and go through the uncomfortable stages, but you can, like you never have to be stuck where you're at. Mm, That's good. Yeah. One of my biggest things is um, that, you know, that I see over and over and over and over again in therapy is that people think they're alone. They think that they're the only ones that feel a certain way when 99% of the time their feelings are very common, right? Like lots of people feel that way, but we just don't talk about it openly. So we don't know. So it's very isolating. So I love what you said, but can you talk maybe a little bit about how you shifted from because that's a scary place to go. There's that painful, scary growth too from, you know, not wanting to talk at all to going into a place where you're like, you know, I'm going to share my truth. I'm going to talk. What's that been like for you? Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, it's been a process obviously of slowly, but surely it happening. And then, like I said, I think when I finally, like I took a dive into doing what I do now because I like I was like, I want to be fulfilled. I want to help others. I want to do this. I am not failing. I'm going to do this. And I think that was just like the first step, I guess, was choosing that I didn't have to be in the circumstance I was in anymore. And I wasn't going to fail at that. And I was sick of being stuck there. And it all just kind of stemmed from that. And it has given me, I started getting more courage to talk to people because now what I'm doing, I'm passionate about, and I know that it helps others. So I found something that I was passionate about and it allowed me to be, to be braver. Like I was telling you, I'm speaking at a mindset conference next, next month. I never in a million years, a couple of years ago would have thought that that would be me. Like I'm that girl that almost blacks out when you're like, Hey, can you introduce yourself in a small group? Like that was me, (laughs) (laughs) but like I realized I really can change the world and I really can make an impact. And the only person that's holding myself back is me. And I don't know exactly when that clicked, but everything that I have done that has scared me, that's like kind of giving me those butterflies, I've had such amazing things come from. I've made Mm. the best connections and the best friends. And I have grown this career that allows me to have freedom and be with my family and travel and do the things I wanted to do. And it's 
made me, like I said, like it was exciting for me to be on this podcast today. And before I would have like probably thought of any way to get out of it or, you know, like just panicked and finding those things that kind of scare me a little is almost exciting because I know I'm going to grow from it. Hmm. And like, I, so I really think it is just learning to embrace those feelings instead of push back on them. Like, which like you said, is the uncomfortable, (laughs) the uncomfortable feeling Mm -hmm. that we have, you know, about a lot of things, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, just learning to let things go that I don't need to hold on to anymore. Mm, Yeah. It's a big one. That's good. All right. So how let people know how they can get a hold of you. Like where can they find you? Do you, hang out on social media? Uh, how can they connect with you? I do. Um, I do have a Facebook or social media. Um, it's happy, healthy life with Natalia. Um, and that is kind of just my page that I share some of my like coaching and that kind of stuff on, but you can also just find me, um, under Natalia Roganis and shoot me a personal message. If you want to connect and something on this podcast kind of touched your heart. I'm always open and I'm an open book and willing to, to talk to you and stuff. So. Awesome. So I'll put those links too in the show notes so people can easily get in touch with you. Um, and someday I'm going to come there and we're going to do, what did you say? A Huckleberry tour? Tour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, We'll travel (laughs) around and we'll get Huckleberry milkshakes and everything. We'll just check out Montana together. I'm totally down for a little road trip. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> I yeah. think that sounds so good. Me All too. right. <laughs> Are you going to post pictures of your competition? Can we watch for those? Yes. Yep. It's May 2nd. So in about two months, I will, I will be there. So I'm kind of working on some competition di- diaries right now. So I'm sure that I'll share those at some point too, about the mindset and stuff that goes into the Mm -hmm. I'm leading up to that. So very, very cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. I think there's so many wonderful nuggets that people can take from. And um, thank you for sharing your story, for getting to this place where you are speaking your truth, which really, truly does help people. So thank you. Thank you. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Menares, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.